Hey everybody, welcome once again to the Football Forecast. This is the predicting podcast of what's going to happen uh, this weekend in high school football here in the state of Michigan. So uh, I do want to let our Indiana fans though know that a podcast is in the works right now that uh, I am hoping to get going next week. Cool. And I've already got some individuals there who are interested in participating, including one of Alan True's uh, compadres out at there, Steve Wiltfong. So uh, he has... Uh, mentioned that he would uh, be interested in, in joining us. So uh, that is going to be happening. So I just want you to know it's in the works in Indiana. Uh, we don't forget about you ever. So uh, let's talk about what's happening in Michigan. First, Lawrence Technological University, the MHSAA and Hungry Howies are the proud sponsors of this particular podcast. Uh, I do want to mention uh, what we're doing on State Champs Television this week. State Champs is every Sunday at 9 a.m. on Fox Sports Detroit. So we've got some games that we're covering. And again, we don't always just pick the best matchups. We try to spread ourselves uh, around around the uh, state for for coverage as well as teams who you know normally don't get much play at all so uh, but this one is going to get a lot of play and that is Brother Rice who is 3-0 out of the gate going to Wayne State University to take on Warren De La Salle. oh and by the way welcome to all the guys Scott's here Matt Mowry here Sean Belisian here uh, you're going to hear from them right now uh, Warren De La Salle 2-1 obviously a tough loss at uh, Muskegon in week one but uh, here they are getting ready to start the Catholic League Central Division. And, uh, and again, Brother Rice uh, has kind of a chip on their shoulder all season long wanting to take. You're going to be calling yep. the game. Yep. Uh, Shedding distractions and just staying laser focused. Um, talking about know, the Warriors, you're talking. Uh, talking about Brother yeah, Rice, yeah. Uh, right before the season, a week or two before the season, uh, the quarterback, Greg Piscopink, and his father, the defensive coordinator, Greg Piscopink, formerly of uh, the Farm Gene Harrison fame, yes. played, with, played was a receiver for Melva Thrill. Mm -hmm. um, In the late 80s, yeah. Yeah, got into a car accident and... Uh, unfortunately, uh, Mr. Pistol, uh, Mr. Pisco Pink, the defensive coordinator, is in the hospital yeah. recovering. Uh, but Greg, you know, uh, has has been able to find uh, a real release in in football. I talked to Coach K the other day, and just you know, is able to come on the field and and keep all those uh, those feelings of yeah. uh, you know of just. Feeling like, first of all, that you know he, he came away from it without a scratch, right. and and feels very fortunate. But at the same time, I'm sure feels guilty that sure. his father's in the hospital and it's a whole, huge distraction yeah. to, mentally, no question. But he's been able to, um, you know, keep on his game, and he's playing unbelievable football yeah. right now. Threw for 250 yards and three touchdowns uh, last week in a win against uh, uh, a squad from Ontario, yeah. and uh, first week of the season. I think he ran for or threw for 150, ran for 100 and some with a big uh, shutout of of UD Jesuit, and uh, went down to Mishawaka Penn and went won down to Mishawaka Penn, Penn and, and came out with a victory. He's 10 and 0 as a starter, 5 and 0 against playoff teams. Mm. You know, was doing it all uh, the, as a freshman and sophomore in relief duty. But uh, you know, this is his team. He's taking the reins, even with all that uh, extracurricular stuff percolating out there. He's been able to just, just you know, just go out there and and, and, and hit, you know hit the competition with a sledgehammer. Yeah. All that said, Warren De La Salle is our ninth-ranked team in the state right now, and uh, again, a team that is the um, uh, current. Defending, defending state, state champions, champions and, and the defending Catholic League champs. That's right, yep. and they are, and I'm sure they want nothing more than to defend that crown again. They feel this is their time. Uh, it's always a, a cycle kind of thing uh, with the Catholic uh, Central Division, it seems like. Uh, uh, what about the pilots and, and how they will perform 
in this game and beyond. Well, and they've played a, a tough schedule, too, yes, where they, they, they are ready for this game. And and I think I saw someplace that Mike McKinney missed the Muskegon game. So that defense is just obviously getting better with him on the defensive line. Both of these teams have played pretty good defense. I mean, obviously, Muskegon game aside for, for right. De La Salle. Um, so it, it's going to come. It could be a real low-scoring game. But I was, I was going to say when we were talking about Brother Rice, when was the last time we got to the fourth week of the season before they became like a front burner topic? Yeah. I mean, they're laying in the not, not that anybody thinks that they're you know a program that doesn't get attention, but they just they're kind of laying in the weeds this year at three and zero, and and not that that De La Salle is going to take them lightly at all because they know what this rivalry is all about. But this is a perfect opportunity for. You know, Brother Rice went into kind of that that De La Salle CC two week span last year and lost both, and were out of it immediately. And they've got the same thing back to back this year. So this will kind of that that Catholic League Central race gets real over real quickly over the next two weeks. I mean, even even before the car accident issue, there was a lot of questions about what Brother oh, Rice yeah. was going to be this Absolutely. year. Absolutely, yes. you know, they're one of these blue blood programs that year in year out you have a lot of Division One recruits. This year, that's not the case. Um, they lost their Division One quarterback, Mariana Valente, who Piscopink had been backing up the last couple years. Yep. Mm-hmm. He his family moved down to Florida. Yep. He's down at St. Thomas Aquinas. He's committed to Northern Illinois. Yep. Um, but Hurricane w- approaching. With I'm the, sure he's thinking, yeah. why did I just stay here? With all these lesser-known guys, uh, they are playing with a chip on their shoulders. Yeah. It's not just the quarterback. It's not just uh, uh, the coaching staff that's yeah. that's that's recovering from yeah. from having to move things around with with Coach Pisco Pink uh, in the in the hospital. Yeah. But you know you got guys like uh, Max Saylor, who's their one Division One recruit on the defensive There's line. He's a he's a rush end. Had ten sacks last year. Max uh, Max is, is is really the the, the energizer bunny sure. of that pass rush. You got guys like Ben Zardis at, at linebacker. Deron Gilbert. A real underrated gem as a safety and then James Donaldson's running the ball real well and then we've talked about Colin Gardner just that that uh, that versatile uh, venomous slot back cornerback he he caught uh, I think 200 yards of uh, uh, of receiving last uh, last week from Piscopink and then against Mishiaqua Penn had the game ceiling interception in the end zone to close the game out he is just one of those true playmakers that doesn't get enough uh, get, doesn't get enough love James Donaldson's running the ball real well so they got playmakers they're just not the type of guys that are getting a lot of love from the division one uh, recruiters and maybe they're not guys that will you know end up division one maybe they're guys that won't play college football at all or they'll play d2 or play d3 but they're great high school football players, and they're getting the job done right now. And like Matt said, it's kind of crazy to think that we're, we're almost kind of pushing towards the midway point of the season, and now everyone's starting to wake up and talk about Rice when they're a team that you usually talk about in the preseason. But, well, yeah. it's because it's their best start since 2014. Yeah. I mean, they've yep. really, by their standards, they've really fallen off the map. And a little bit. You know what will be interesting? Um, you know, they had their... their I guess you could say revenge against Mishawaka after after a bad loss couple, last year. A couple bad losses. And, yeah. and you know what? Th- that was a bad loss to De La Salle last year yeah, as well. Right. I think it was 36-14, to 14, but for people that watched yeah. it, it was all pilot. So it'll be interesting to see if that chip on the shoulder that you talked of is is going to be there Friday night. I, I can't wait for that one. It's also interesting. Maybe we'll have a, a situation where these two teams, and I, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but maybe they switch places. Last year, no one was talking about right. De La Salle before the, before the start of the season, and they came out of nowhere, won the, won the Catholic League, and then won the state title. I'm not saying Brother Rice is going to win the state title, but maybe they're that team that no one was really talking about. Everyone was talking about De La Salle. Everyone was talking about Catholic Central. 
special. Maybe they're the ones that that come kind of from the back of the pack and, and speed past at the at the finish line. They were picked for last in the Central last year, and Mike Gino brought that up that now they're picked for first, and that's a whole different role. Because when you're picked for last, you can wear that chip on your shoulder, and no one believes in us, kind of thing. And Rice has kind of, like you said, got that role that they can fit right into. And and what I, who I really like from De La Salle, yeah. just shout out a couple more guys. Yeah, so Jacob that, Dobbs, just mm-hmm. a, a workhorse warrior on both sides of the ball, whether he's running the ball power or or uh, running sideline to sideline as a linebacker. Mm-hmm. And then Devin Campbell, one of those speedy outside linebacker types that I really like um, besides Dobbs. Obviously, everyone knows about Josh DeBerry, probably their best player, maybe yeah. the best player in the Catholic League. Well, I was going to say, you know, we talk it could be low scoring. It could be a shootout on the could other be. end because yeah. De La Salle has no problem going up over the top. And we saw that against uh, the likes of Muskegon, you know, right out of the gate. And, then you know, they had a huge win last week. So I'm sure with 57 points or whatever it was that they threw the ball a lot. So um, we could have one of those kind of uh, things, which, of course, would make it super exciting for you yeah. and your broadcast, uh, Catholic Radio here. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out. Uh, we'll get to the predictions at the end of the show, like we, you know, at the end of the segment, like we like to do. Um, but um, this could be a real dogfight, and they've had plenty of those over the years. Uh, if you remember the one where Alex Melzone threw the Hail Mary, basically, at in the <laughs> last play of the game. Yeah, that was when Verska was there. <laughs> yeah. I swear, uh, both, had a burl. both Verska and Fracasa <laughs> yeah. were like, like almost having coronaries. Yes. One was yes. so excited, and one was so, so disturbed angry. because there would have been a controversial play call leading up to that to mm-hmm. give them that final snap yep. and then the amazing Jason Alessi yes. who had never caught a pass before and had just done all of his his uh, his magic on the defensive side of the ball and on special teams right, you know, splits out wide for one play and catches a Hail Mary so one of the games we're also going to have on State Champs TV is uh, a 2-1 anchor base squad going to our number 7 team in the State Chippewa Valley 3-0 and um, we're choosing this game because we really want to get Chip Valley on TV early uh, because we have a feeling that later they're going to still be playing. And it's one of those things you want to document the season on how well they're doing. Uh, obviously, they have a big advantage uh, in this particular ball game. Uh, Anchor Bay now in the MAC Red. Yeah. Which uh, I was really surprised yeah. when I heard that. Um, but uh, you know, again, two and one. You know, on on the year, and they'll take their lumps. Perhaps Warren Mott's been one of those teams that goes up and down as well. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, just the way Chip Valley's been playing, uh, and I think every, I think now they're finally on that radar that this is one of the best Division One teams in the state. Yeah, and I saw him last year, last week in that that game against Ike, which was really yes. obviously the the first stepping stone for them yes. to head toward a Mac Red title. Yes, and they in the second half really started to pull away. And I think this is one of those games. It's not necessarily a trap game because obviously you know they're going to try to take it week at a time in the Mac Red. But this this is an Anchor Bay team that, like you said, you almost kind of surprised they pop back up into the into the red after five years of being in the white, and then they're in the blue before that, and the white before that. Last time they were in the Mac Red was in 07, and they were 0 and 5. I think they've lost like 17 straight in the red division play. So yeah. you know it's, it's an uphill climb for them. They, they know that, but it, it is one of those too where. You know, Chip Valley's got to take all of these seriously, and I'm sure they will. But these are the ones that you can't have a, a, a trip up after you. You know, if you beat Dakota and you beat Ike, but you lose to someone else, well, mm-hmm. then you've left the door open. Yeah. Well, you know, I was I was going to ask you. I'm glad that you said you were there because I mean, the fact that Chip Valley won isn't surprising. Yeah. Maybe the fact that they put 45 up and, and won yeah. seemingly going away yep. was the score as indicative as the game in your mind. Well, it. it 
it was and it wasn't because it was it was a one score game up until about eight minutes to go, okay. and then um, that was right about the time that they had a, a, a Dakota or uh, excuse me Eisenhower kicked a field goal to bring it back to a one score game, and uh, David Ellis took a kick back on the ensuing kickoff, and it kind of from there it kind of started to get lopsided gotcha. a little bit. They traded one more touchdown, but. Chip Valley didn't throw a single pass in the second half. They decided, we're putting this on our running backs, we're putting it on our line, and they just pounded the ball. And all of the running backs took a turn with it in the big play and with getting a touchdown. And it was really a, we're going to make it. Was, it was almost one of those gut check attitude kind of things. This is how we're going to win the game or lose it. And they, they went, they did win it going away. Yeah, yeah, I will. And I will say that these guys all love their jobs because it is an oven in here. So I just want you guys to know if you notice uh, sweat perspiring, I'm glad Scott's got his hat on because otherwise... <laughs> it's warm! <laughs> it, it, but it's, it's warm, warm in here. Warm. But we're alright. We're okay and we're, and we're handling this So because we love doing this. Go ahead. Uh, I really like in Chippewa Valley, um, I mean, we've talked about Tommy Schuster, we've talked about David Ellis, um, We've talked about Marcel Lewis, but uh, Javon Kimson out of the secondary also plays running back at the high school level. He's being, uh, you know, uh, projected as a cornerback in college. He's already committed to Miami of Ohio, but, you know, he's a real difference maker back there in the secondary. Um, A lockdown cornerback, great anticipation, and then he's one of the guys that's in the rotation at at running back. So, you know, he's not someone that you really can't overlook him, and he's one of these, you know, know, diamonds in the rough in terms of uh, Macomb County and guys that you really need to know about. Well, the good thing is Macomb, Dakota's playing just about as well as anybody as well. Uh, granted, they have not had quite the challenges that Chippewa Valley has had because they've beaten a, a good Celine team as well as Ike. Uh, but uh, Macomb, Dakota did beat uh, Orchard Lake St. Mary's, and uh, they took care of Anchor Bay 49-27 last week. But they're meeting in two weeks, or next week, so uh, that will be a, uh, a huge battle uh, to see exactly who is going to be the cream of the crop in the MAC Red. So uh, so Anchor Bay, Chip Valley, you can look forward to that on stage. Now, another one, again, I mentioned, at the uh, when you will see our Alan True segment uh, is that uh, we have a cancer benefit game that we're doing uh, this week. Our main event is uh, we're going out to St. Clair Shores Lakeshore. Uh, Lance Cruz and St. Clair Shores Lakeshore are doing this. Both communities are kind of involved with it. A lot of money being raised for some really good causes. And uh, so we're going to kind of theme the whole show around that particular event so that we can really uh, put the spotlight on what a lot of great high schools do uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, whether it's wearing the pink for the games or whatever it is uh, during during that uh, breast cancer awareness thing. Um, this is something that's happening. So uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, also because Richie Pop, the head, head yeah, coach. Yeah, I was about to say, we were talking brother right. Yes. Now we're moving over to uh, Lakeshore versus the Lons Cruz. And yes. when you're talking about Lakeshore, you're talking about Richie Pop, the head coach, yeah. a disciple of uh, of Coach Fracasa back in the, the, the glory era of, of Brother Rice football. And, you know, his son, Frankie Pop. He, coaches, of, he helps of, with the team. Right. Yeah. He was one of the great quarterbacks in yeah, that Rice lineage. Yes, and, he was. And, uh, you know, his his favorite receiver when he was playing was Kevante Martin Manley. Yeah. One of these, you know, he's the definition. I love uh, recalling him to some recruits that are getting frustrated with where they're being um, 
you know, who's coming after them. I, I always tell the story about Gavante Martin Manley as a, and Rich Rich Pop was a big reason of, uh, for, for his development. A guy that, you know, only had small time offers, eventually got a Bowling Green offer, took the Bowling Green. Between the end of the season and and uh, uh, training camp, Iowa comes in, he takes that Iowa offer, goes, one of the all-time greats uh, offensively for Iowa, broke a lot of records as a wide receiver and a kick returner. And, uh, you know, that, that that's a that's a tip of the cap to, to Richie Pop with the type the type of how he can coach up players, and we're seeing it this year with uh, with Lakeshore and uh, a guy I really like is quarterback Brandon Tatters. He leads defenses in Tatters, especially uh, you know you're talking about all time greats. I think Shorians is one of the all time great. <laughs> I just love that name. It I really do. They're coming off a big win against uh, Warren Fitz, and yep. you know conversely, I mean the, the Lancers were up against it against uh, Woods Tower, but uh, it's for a great cause and should yeah. be a darn good game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Mackle, uh conference matchup here. And, uh, yeah, we did a, a documentary on, on we called it Season in the Shore on Richie's first season uh, because he also does inspirational uh, talks and things mm-hmm. like that. He's like a motivational speaker. Good dude. So we said, let's do it. And, and they went one in whatever, one in ten or whatever, that one in nine one that eight, year. Nine, one in eight, eight, one in eight, yeah. yeah. And um, and then last year won four games. Uh, there were already two, two wins out of the gate. And so uh, it's kind of fun to see the ones that are going to build Something um, yep. you know at, at a at a school that again is lacking in resources and things of that nature, but it's right off uh, off uh, Lake St. Clair. You know, it's just a stone's throw from there. It's a fun little community, and we're gonna have a good time out there. I like there, Tatter's so. uh, receiving core too. Yeah, he's got a deep receiving core. Guys like uh, 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 Jay Sean Green. Guys like Devin Shaw, guys like Robert Turner, right. um, you know, he he can spread it around. Well, he's really made believers being Richie Pop in football mattering here because I mean if you go through the years prior to him arriving there it was like three wins two wins maybe four win season you know if you're lucky they did have a playoff uh, appearance in 2009 and a little bit before that but for the most part they've struggled and uh, but since he's been there he is now this is his third season there he's got these young guys who have been in the system from the beginning now at the varsity level and believing in themselves and wanting to you know be real competitors and for the longest time, you know, before Lakeview was in their division, I believe, but they're not anymore. And they were always that at the talk of St. Clair Shores. They were the power. Sure. Uh, and so he wants to kind of even that out. So anyway, we're going to have a good time. Uh, another game that we're covering, which is a West Michigan conference battle, is going to be Whitehall and Muskegon Oak Ridge. Now, both teams are 3-0 and out of the gate, and uh, we thought this would be an intriguing matchup. And again, uh, even if at the smaller school level, uh, these guys are going to be coming after each other. Well, this is a, a, has been sort of a lopsided rivalry in the past. I yeah. mean, Oak Ridge had won like 17 straight, I think, before... Whitehall won last year 28-14, and this is an Oak Ridge program that's got 13 straight playoff appearances, yeah, which in really that area that is only second to Muskegon. I was going to yeah, say, I, I just yeah. want to comment, go ahead, like, go ahead. it's kind of crazy how they get completely lost in the conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. because of Muskegon, because it's of Mona just, Shore, oh, yeah, Muskegon over, Catholic yeah. Central. Yeah. Yep. So, but for them to go the 13, 13 right. straight playoff games in the shadows, it yeah. doesn't seem to bother them. They're just going to go about their business, give us respect if you want. If yeah. you don't, we're going to come and we're going to smack you in the mouth. They're averaging 62 points a game this year, too. Yeah. So offense isn't going to be a problem in this one. I mean, conversely, yeah. you got the opposition averaging about 40 points a yeah. game. So, yeah. uh, you know, we, we got some offense going on in this yeah. one. And Leroy Quinn, uh, their uh, junior running back, I think he ran for 200 yards and five touchdowns last week. Yeah. 
Yeah, Ooh, this yeah. is uh, this is Division Five football. Yep. So five D six. Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I know that last year uh, Whitehall had made the playoffs. They were they were in Division Four, but again, it's always one of those things yeah, that depending down. on how it goes at the top, whether it's going to bounce you down uh, in terms of enrollment, it's going to bounce you down, uh, down bounce you down a division in the playoffs. That's always really interesting. How many five and four teams get in and and all that stuff at at the higher end at the D one, D two, D three level. When we were talking about the culture culture change that Richie Papa has, has worked, Tony Sigmund, this is his sixth year at Whitehall, and mm-hmm. and after again one of those one and eight starts, yeah. twenty seven and fifteen in the last five, and that's yeah. for a program that yeah. really hasn't done a whole lot over the years. Those four straight playoffs, I mean, that's yeah, that's huge consistency since then. And when you can get a team, you know, you're going to have those stumbles when you first take over a program and you're trying to institute all your stuff and get kids to buy in. Mm-hmm. But once you do get that buy in and you get that, you know, six wins six wins I believe it was three straight years of six wins yeah and then then the last year you kind of now now it's time to take that step forward and yeah. if they can beat Oak Ridge two years in a row yeah it's a huge thing for you to be able to tell your kids when they come in next year in the D4 playoffs only lost to building 30-36 yeah. last year so they were right there at the end uh, again coming out of the gate they're putting up points as well as Muskegon Oak Ridge this is fun you know these both these schools have been playing football a long time these are long these are traditional great little towns in, is in the state of, of Michigan and so you know when you get to play the you know the likes of Ravenna and Shelby and North Muskegon is another one and uh, you know Hart uh, it's all fun good stuff so that's going to be also be on the show. We'll also have some games from the UP and the Flint area um, and some of the games of interest around the state we're going to get to right now. Uh, we'll probably have some of those highlights as well. I would imagine that Flint's going to put a package that will include Grand Blank and Flint and Carmen Ainsworth. But let's get into some other games of interest around the state, and we'll kind of uh, be quicker on this, fly through it. Uh, Wald Lake Western is 2-1. and one. They are going to Waterford Mott to take on a 3-0 and oh Mott squad. I'm sure Mott would want nothing more these programs than do, right these now. Do not, not like the, each other, right? No. And they're kind of one of these. Uh, I used the term uh, last last year, or sorry, last week. They're a microwave rivalry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they went from really there was nothing there five years ago, and then all of a sudden Chris yeah. Farr comes in, brings uh, you know uh, brings respectability to to the Mott program, brings a uh, uh, you know the, the the chance to win a league title every the year. Moxie. Yeah, and uh, you know they they beat them last year. Yeah, they shared the league title a couple years before that. They beat them and shared the league title. They're really the only team um, that Western, uh, you know, they lost. Uh, in a week one to Catholic Central, but uh, in league play, the last couple, the last handful of seasons, Mott's the only team that can really challenge Western. Yeah, right. We've got Western ranked 11th right now in the right. state. Uh, obviously, we were really looking forward to that first game, which kind of fizzled yeah. uh, with, at the PKC. Uh, so, but they're kind of on a roll right now, and you know, reading your caps on your rankings, uh, looks like they got some boys who are, are putting up the points. Yeah, and the interesting thing is we were talking about that that LVC race, and we were kind of figuring it would be the same three horses as it was a year ago. Kind of the thing that's thrown a wrench into it is a three and zero start from South Lion. And, and South Lion East yeah. is two and one, it's and it looked one. really good. Yeah, with a loss to Travel City Central, I think. Yeah. And so it's it's one where it, we thought it would be this kind of segment of of weeks in the middle late. where they were all playing each other between Mott and Western and Lakeland, and, and you it got would be Lakeland, you got Wall Lake Northern. Yeah, and now this is now those, those end of then. the season matchups with uh, South Lion plays Mott on October fifteenth or October fifth, and and a week later plays Wall Lake Western. 
And that's going to be a, a key series in figuring out which team comes out on top in this league all of a sudden. And it's always nice when you get one of those pop-up contenders that, that kind of sh- shuffles the way you think of this league. Yeah. It's well, interesting. It's not just the Sam Johnson show right no. now either. I mean, you're you're getting, yeah. you're getting contributions from the running back yep. uh, with that junior with Yassim. Is, yep. is that the junior wide receiver? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, he's he's lighting yeah, up and one of the most opening some eyes, right? One of the most fundamentally sound receivers in the yep. state, maybe the most fundamentally runs his routes. Great route runner. Uh, yep. His his execution on his route runners is flawless. On his route running is flawless. Um, the the you know has about I think half dozen Division one offers uh, from from uh, uh, from 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 the MAC. Uh, I think maybe lower tier Big Ten schools are starting to pay attention yeah. right now. And you know, he's a guy. He's only a junior. Yeah. Um, his dad I believe played at Southfield and then played at Stanford. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a he's the type of kid that I think by this time next year he's going to have all the big boys offering yeah. him, and he might be one of the top you know two or three receivers in the state. We know that Sam Johnson's got a huge arm, and yeah. if he's got a kid that can go and get it, because a lot of times he. May just overthrow someone, but if he's got somebody outside who can actually go and catch it and find it, uh, that's going to bode he's well. KJ Jackson, yeah. who's the slot back, just starting right. to kind of come into his own as a running back. Right. And again, um, they, yeah, they were really high that Sam Johnson was going to have a really good year, and he put in a lot of good work. So, um, you know, South Lion used to be a contender. Always, you know what I mean? ABC we're going to talk days, about that yeah. a little bit later. Yep. You know, so uh, it's uh, it's great for the division if the Lakes Valley is competitive from top to bottom. That's only going to bode well for them as they get into the playoffs, playing good competition. Um, you know, I think again, this was one of the real conference transitions where we broke up the KLAA to, to form their own. That I really think, in a, from a football perspective, is really great uh, because again, travel time is that you know more people can go to all the games and uh, they can really feel like they've got one of their own. So, while like Western Water from Mott's going to be interesting, we'll predict that one in just a bit. Number fourteen, Holland West Ottawa, who nobody should sleep on anymore. Uh, is 3-0. They are taking on number 16, East Kentwood. Uh, East Kentwood is playing a lot better now as well. Again, teams that have played great teams at the beginning, both of them now getting together when it really matters. Um, And uh, this should be a doozy. I talked to Coach Oshnock today and it was interesting, Lauren, one of the things I shared with you, he talks about his fine quarterback, uh, Isaac Van Dyke, and he used a baseball analogy. And, and Matt, you might appreciate this. He said he's like that ace. He's like, you just, you know when it's his time that he's going to step up. And that's what he's done the last couple weeks. Yes. Um, you know, he had, he had five touchdowns in the double overtime win. And yep. last week, ho-home, he added six. And, and he makes plays when he has to. Game-winning touchdown with 20 seconds left. And they're finding a way right now. Uh, Panthers uh, living a charmed life right now. Well, we yeah. talked about that in the in the recap show that kids accounted for 15 touchdowns. He's he's somebody who's going to be somebody we have to pay attention to for the Mr. Football Award. Yeah, they haven't started four and zero since 2010. Yeah. So this would be one of those that they would really like. They want to get that kind of that momentum well, going. They towards just it. knocked one monkey. Yeah, yep. they're one and 22 against Rockford. Right. One and 22. You know that for a community has got to be. You know that that'll drive you insane. Yeah. Um, yep. Be, and so now that that's done, and they did it in impressive fashion at 45-40, so you're talking about mo- a, a momentum shift right now. It's definitely in their favor. Sure. And from the East Kentwood side, I mean, we talked early in the season, and we expected them to be good with their huge lines. And it's starting to prove out a little bit. Keontae Blakely, they're running back in a 56-20 to win over Caledonia. Yeah. Ten carries. Four times he was stopped short of the end zone. 
10 carries, 6 touchdowns, 265 yards. Jeez. That's uh, making the most of your opportunities. Yeah. And that means he's got uh, big holes. Yeah, gaping. Yeah, by, and uh, that's, that's, that's... Yeah. You, when you see numbers like that, you know, like you said, that they're getting that blast right. off the ball that you expect from a line that's got that much just talent right. on it. Right, so you're going to see East Kentwood want to control the clock, yeah. a la yeah. Muskegon yeah. in that way, want to get you know get hopefully a couple of big plays, big yards, but again, control the clock, and then you're going to see Holland Westside will come out and want to sling it. And um, yes, it's and this will be one of those fun matchups between guys who are devotees of the spread and guys who yeah. want to pound the ball and control the clock yeah. and I always remember and it was the best quote I've ever gotten and it's one of those where you just fold up your notebook at the end of it talking to Mel Skillman the old coach who was at Alma College and learned the spread there and went to Merrill and had all of those quarterbacks who just blew up the MHSA record book and they were playing a Lincoln Alcona team that was kind of a grinded out team and I said don't you ever worry Merrill was run, just running the spreads you know two minutes left in the fourth quarter and I said don't you ever worry about time of possession I said I I tell my kids time of possession only matters in exorcism. <laughs> I'm like, okay, done, good, Nicely we're going to go. And that's <laughs> that's the kind of the game, light. the difference that yeah. you're going to be looking at. You're going to be looking at a pounding team and a spread team yeah. that's going to want to still throw the ball and still, you know, kind of yeah, move up stuff. tempo. That's good stuff. Um, Grand Blank is 3-0. Yep. On the season, they're in a new league. Yep. Uh, they are taking on Flint Carmen Ainsworth, who is uh, reeling from a, a tough defeat. Uh, they're going to be, but a good team. And uh, you know, again, we'll see. You know, if they can bounce back the way that uh, they should. But this a lot should, of athletes on the field. This should be mm-hmm. a good battle. Um, and uh, if Grand Blank can, can move to four and zero, they're going to start to really separate right. themselves. That uh, uh, they're the players in this new league. And again, these are all new rivalries being created. Well, and Grand Blank's one of those teams that's always kind of. Be Twist in between yeah. locationally because yeah. they right. were in the Big Nine forever uh, yep. when the Big Nine was down to like four schools. Yep, and and then they were in the KLA yep. for you know part of the time and yep. that the KLA. They're existed. one of those kind of like no man's yeah, land. Yeah, coverage where it's like yep. you're not quite in land or you're right. not quite in Flint. Flint. You're not yeah. quite in Oakland County. Right. You're, you're not quite in Livingston. Yeah. yeah. And, just in and between. nobody wants to drive to your school. Right. It's this is one of those rivalries between the two of them though they play almost every year. They the only exception since 1986 was 2009 I think 1716 in that span. It's it's right. It's every single time and this is a contested one and, and we talked a lot about Carmen Ainsworth last week when they were taking on Davison Grand Blanks welcome to the Saginaw Valley League yeah. is in this span they play Carmen Ainsworth yep. which is 2 and 1 Davison, Davison. 3 and 0 Lapeer 3 and 0 and this is a stretch where this Saginaw Valley South Division Blue Division, yeah, Blue Division is yeah. really they they kind of split it up north and south rather yeah. than kind of yeah, you know yeah. balancing it yeah. and and it's really there are a lot the good teams there there are good teams in the north there are some great teams in the south and and the, yeah, the balance powers of power is in that yeah too. Flint powers you know, know nobody's talking about they, and they're two and one yeah yeah, yeah. and so it's it's going to be interesting to watch how those those new rivalries with some of the Saginaw Valley League schools right. kind of start to play out over the next couple weeks. And with Grand Black, you've got one of those teams that's playing for a lot. They lost Pat Mullally, one of the, who was a JV coach last yeah, in year, a, in, a he, car, in a car, in a car accident. accident after camp started. I think it was uh, August 12th. And that's kind of one of those, you know, they're, they're playing with a lot on their minds. But, but when you get a team that's talented and you have some sort of rallying cry like that, those are tough teams to beat. 
Yeah, we've talked. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, I was going to say Cavs played a tough Davison team, you yeah. know, to 36 29. So there's no harm in that. So no. there's going to be a little extra incentive for them as well. Sure. This should be a dandy. This is when you kind of put a circle around the, the I don't know category. Yeah, a lot of athleticism, point. a lot yes. of speed, a lot of playmakers on the field. We, you know, the last couple of weeks we've talked about the, the Fletcher brothers over at yeah. Carmen mm-hmm. Ainsworth. I want to shout out a couple. In terms of recruiting, ahead, yeah. I want to shout out a couple kids at Grand Blank, guys that are, you know, what I call the supersonic sleeper specials. Uh, Leonard Henry, their linebacker, uh, you know, very high football IQ, can go sideline to sideline, lightning fast. Uh, and then Cortez Tolls, their cornerback, uh, in my opinion, maybe the most underrated cornerback uh, prospect out of that area. Um, uh, a handful of Division One offers right now, and a guy that has a has the wheels, has the cover uh, cover skills, and great instinct. Mm. The interesting thing is, uh, you know, Graham Blank if. If you think about it, it sounds like a small school, you know, for the most part. They've got over 2,600 kids that are enrolled, and they've stayed consistent Mm -hmm. like that. And the fact that uh, over the last 10 years, they've only missed the playoffs once, and that was 2015. So... this is a program that, again, I think we talk about division alignments with the other, the, the Saginaw Valley League, especially in this blue division. Uh, again, with the teams in it, uh, is you know, outside of Southwestern, who is you know trying to figure themselves out, right. and then they're going to end the year on against Celine. So they're going to they have scheduled Celine to play going into the playoffs. Um, they're going to be set up, and and if you're in Division One, that's what you should do. You need mm-hmm. to stack big boys so that you're ready to play with them yep. once you get there in the playoffs. So because uh, they haven't had a whole lot of success in the playoffs, the last two two times they've they've got knocked out of the uh, actually. I, last three times right out of the first round. So okay. they want to make sure that they're ready to go once they get there. So that is going to be another one of real interest. Dearborn Fortson is 3-0 and on the season. Talk about new New teams. league. Yeah. New leagues, yes. Move exactly. over the Kensington Valley. Yeah, they <laughs> were one of the three that came in. Yes. Belleville, Dearborn, and Fortson all came in together. And, and they kind of realigned that division mm-hmm. and, and sent some of the other normally East teams to to the West. For travel purposes. Yeah, for travel real purposes real to kind of package them up. Yep. But this is going to be... we, we all knew how talented Belleville was, and but we didn't think that Belleville was going to go through that division unscathed because there are some good teams in that yeah. division. Yes, they got past Churchill, and now this is kind of a an, not really an elimination game, but this is going to be whichever team comes out of this is going to be the team that still has a chance of catching Belleville if they get some help. Yeah, and and Fortson obviously still has their own destiny in their own hands to to be able to be, beat Belleville down yeah. the road. Yep, this is a team that I saw at the Big House, and they've got a quarterback in Hussein Ajami. Yeah, I, I say Hussein Ajami uh, is elected is electricity yeah. under center. He's well, got it. Mean, he's got an offer from Lawrence Tech, so that's the the, the plug. I love and uh, I love but it. he's also got an offer for a roster spot at Mount Union, which is that Division three power, power that gets Division two players to come, uh, Division two level talent yeah, yeah. to come. If you get if if Mount Union wants you to come play football, you're good. Right. Yeah, that's that they don't they don't offer that to chumps. They, got it. they so and and he's got. Lots of weapons all over the field to get it. That was the game I saw at the big house against Howell. They had just all kinds of big play. I felt like we were watching ping pong because it was going up and down the field. I think there were three plays of 90 yards or more in that game. So it was just, you know, one where you're as a photographer trying to get ahead of the action. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't if you're scoring that fast. So 48 points, 48 points. They put up 45 against my alma mater last week. But give Churchill credit. They bounced back nicely. They, they, 48 points in a, in a, uh, I guess you could say bounce back win over Westland John Glenn. Mm-hmm. This will be interesting. I, I still think too much for for the tractors, but Churchill putting together a nice little season right now. Sure. 
Oh, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, that win over Canton, seeing what Canton's done since yep. then, so. is, yeah. makes that look even more impressive. Uh, the fact that anybody can stop that tight tee, I tell you, is, is, a, is a challenge. And, is, and our all, boy Stevie Wonder. Yes, yeah. exactly. Stevie Wonder Walker. Great yes, nickname. Thank you. I'm, I'm usually the nickname guy, and Lauren stole my thunder. <laughs> uh, you know. I'm, I'm going to use it. You're going to do that I'm if gonna you give ru- time, though, right? Buddy, I'm going to run with it. that, man. Yes, exactly. The rest of the year, that's Stevie Wonder Walker. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it was one of those things, even a squirrel finds a nut, you know, blanks with all, as they say. Uh, but, yeah, this is going to be interesting. We'll get into the predictions uh, in a little bit. But, uh, again, uh, a, a huge matchup in that KLAA East division. Uh, and we also have Traverse. This is a great matchup. It. It's Always. Traverse City West and Traverse City Central. You really can throw the records uh, out the window. Uh, last year, Kevin, uh, our uh, trusty uh, director and engineer here of this program, who is just outside of the camera view, uh, took, went up, went up the. Yeah, there he is. Went up the. Uh, took the trip, the long trip up north to uh, get us footage of that game and did it in in uh, in its slow mo spectacular style. And uh, and it was just the the environment. You know, I, I I forget how many people there, but I think it was. In the two thousand range, if a higher twenty five hundred yeah. range, yeah, I think is what it was. Uh, so I felt like we were playing prices right there. So, <laughs> uh, so but no. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, again, you know, a great, a great game, a great, always a great cause, usually aligned with it, and. Uh, you know, and they're going to get after it. And we'll have our uh, sports uh, editor emeritus, uh, Tom Markowski, covering that game. He so did it last have, year. We'll have coverage of that. Yes. And that's, that will be wonderful. It, the, like you said, throw the records out. But 13-10 this series is since, yeah. the, since they split the schools. And last year, West won, and that was partly a large part of the reason. Because Central went on and ran the table in the Big North after that. Yeah. But... Still didn't have enough to they, that they were going for their third straight Big North title, and that kind of was the one thing. Yeah. And you know, in rivalries, you love being the sole reason that your rival doesn't win something. That's that's just you almost want to put up on a banner for that. Yeah. Alone, but obviously, and last year was anybody's ball game, you know, down was, to yeah. the wire, 29-27 final. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the Titans can uh, get the bad taste of a two-game losing streak out of their mouth, yeah. and what better way to do it than, than knocking off the Trojans? And it really is, that's one of those games, and Lauren, if I may, even for hockey, that's like a can't-miss thing. Yeah. You know, yeah, Traverse City Central, Traverse City West is like, yeah. can't-miss. There are a lot of people around the state that go, yeah, I wonder if I can make it up to Traverse City this weekend. What's what? what's Tom doing? Tom, can we come for a visit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. But no, it it really is. Uh, throw throw the records out the window. It'll be it'll be fun. A big North Division clash yep. as they uh, actually are starting the division play now. So mm-hmm. that's what's great about this week is you get a lot of the first games, uh, if not the second games of the conferences. And and again, they mean so much. You only play yep. yeah, nine. When, when so. you get a rivalry game yeah, in week yeah. one or week two of your conference, yeah, yeah. and then you're trying to play catch up the rest of the way that's yeah so we'll see if uh traverse city uh west can uh do it again we'll see uh all right so another one that uh, we're looking at number 13 muskegon mona shores is three and zero on the season and they are taking on a rockford team who gave Holland west all all they could and i thought rockford might be able to pull out of that so they definitely you talk about chips on shoulders the rams have 
a ram on their shoulder that they uh, uh, would love nothing more than to uh, beat Muskegon Mona Shores. Better than the record indicates. I don't think there's any debate about that. Don't look no. at the record and think that's a one and two team. That's a good one and two team. And you were talking about a Bernie Muskegon. How about Mona Shores? Yeah. yeah. All the good yeah. football being yeah, played in that. In that and right? there's Mona Shores. You yeah, know, yeah. Sailor's yeah. getting it done. So yeah. uh, this will be a great test. I, you know, I don't want to say uh, that number 13 needs to be tested, but it's going to be a great test anyway because the Rams are going to bring it. You just got guys coming out of the woodwork and stepping up. We talked a couple weeks ago about their best player, Damari Roberson, going out mm-hmm. in the offseason. He's he's out for the whole 2018 campaign with a knee injury. He's going to Western Michigan next year as a wide receiver. You know, all of a sudden, uh, James Gilbert steps in. Last week, yeah. I think he had three touchdowns, yep. over 200 yards receiving. Mm. Their quarterback he ran Caden, for three as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. His his receiver. Oh, sorry, his quarterback Caden Bro Brorsma. Brorsma. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. And, that family. Family clan. We remember yeah. Hunter Borsma, mm-hmm. who is, I think he's at Western or Central Looking now. Looking sharp, and then there's Western. Sincere Dent, who we've yeah. talked about. Yeah, yep, yeah. absolutely. Yep, yep. He ran for 200. I'm surprised he only had one score, but they were just letting Gilbert take care of it once they got down to the wire, I'm sure. Yeah, and that's one of those where that, that oak, as, as you said, one and two Rockford is different than one and one or one and two blank team. Sure. I mean, yes. Rockford is always going to be a tough team. And it showed last week when they played West Ottawa right down to the wire. Right. That's not a team that's going to be easy. And, and Mona Shores is certainly not going to look at that record and just go, oh, well, we have a walkover. It's it's always a tough game between these two. Brorsmo with six touchdowns against <laughs> Reese last week. Yeah. 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 Three, it was kind of an ugly Three game. through yeah. the air to, to Gilbert, mm-hmm. uh, who's taken that number one yeah. A receiving receiving slot and it's just ran with it, no pun intended. And then three on the ground. Uh, you know, anytime you get it, anytime you get in the end zone six times on one night, that's a night to remember, maybe. Yeah, and for Rockford, this is the one game, and uh, I'm sure it's the same for Mona Shores. That's not in the OK red, so it's that one just kind of match up in the middle, and then they get to the rest of of their division, which is Grand Haven and Caledonia and Hudsonville and Granville and, and East Kentwood. So, and they're going to end end the year with. Going up against the so. Munger machine. Yes, in exactly. So yeah. uh, that that will be interesting, you know. Um, and uh, we'll see if you know Muskegon Mona Shores really has the uh, the the stones to now put themselves at the upper echelon again. The West Side's so good this mm. year, yeah, very. Uh, so strong. And uh, yeah, then they're going to get into their black schedule, which is going to be a lot more favorable for them until they face Muskegon on October twelfth. Right. So uh, that's that one and uh, one more. And uh, Bernie wanted to bring this up just because it's it's one of those interesting crossovers that uh, and you both teams see are undefeated. Yeah, Seaholm and South Lion. Yeah, Seaholm representing the OAA, South Lion re- representing the LVC. We just talked with about yep. just talked about them as a dark horse in that race mm-hmm. in the LVC, kind of out of nowhere. Um, they were one and eight last year. Coach uh, Henson has them playing, you know, really good football right now. They just upset Lakeland in, in mm-hmm. week three. Um, Huge win. Last, yeah. uh, you know, touchdown in the last couple minutes. Uh, quarterback Connor Fercasi found uh, Ronnie Menard. And then Lake, uh, to go up 17-14, then Lakeland drove down the field, had a game-tying field goal that missed at the at the horn. South Lions 3-0. and uh, again, tip of the cap to those guys, and then Seaholm putting up a lot of points. It's yes. been five yeah. years. It is, yeah, it's been wow. five years since they made the playoffs. They were, you know, throughout the right. uh, '80s and '90s and into the 2000s, they were one of the best suburban programs in Metro Detroit. Um, a, a, a rabid fan base, a lot of support. You go to those games. Overflowing with yeah, with, cool with fans, yep. and uh, Jimmy Dewall came over there from Andover. First two years, great. 
yeah. um, kind of surprised people because I, I don't think you know people were kind of overlooking. They didn't, they didn't have a ton of talent on those squads. One of those years, they upset Southfield for a district championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and then it's been a. That was 2013. Yeah, it's yep. been it's been dry for the last five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they haven't had a winning season especially since then. Last, yeah. And this yeah, year, last year was really rough. they're thumping they're thumping yeah. teams right now. They've won yeah. all their games by four touchdowns plus. Yeah, they got their quarterback back and yeah. Gray Kinney missed all of last year with a knee injury. He's back. Uh, they Matt got Schumacher. a gr- they got a great uh, thunder and lightning. Uh, tailback tandem in Max Shoemaker, who, who who Matt just shouted out, and then um, Chase Mentag. Mm-hmm. He's got six touchdowns already. So uh, Matt O'Connor, their their middle linebacker, I think has almost like uh, you know thirty tackles in three weeks. So uh, well, this is the test they needed because you know Troy Athens, Ferndale, North Farmington. Not exactly juggernauts at this point in time. So you expected them to dominate. They only gave up 7, 8, and 6, respectively. They have this matchup. Then it gets into Royal Oak, Pontiac, uh, Berkeley, who's not as good as they've been in the past. Uh, Farmington again, you know, middle of the road. So I think it's real important here for them to put themselves on the line and really, really want to go out and and do the best you can to dominate this game. Because you know, then you get Groves at the end of the year, which of course is the annual brouhaha that they get together. What, what I liked, I talked to Coach DeWald this week about. So, well, what's you know, what's the magic potion? What what's what's been the difference? And he said, he said, Bernie, you know what? The last couple of years, we were getting too smart for our own good. They run that veer. He said we were putting in a lot of bells and whistles and 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 trying to like you know make it a hybrid, and and it just got too confusing. Yeah. And we just got back to basics. We simplified it. We went yeah. back to what we were doing when I first got there. And, you know, it's, it's paying dividends. Well, and this is what I love about high school football, too, is that uh, they clearly were, they didn't belong in the white. Right. They They're in the blue now. Yep. And, you know, this is what you want. You, you want to fit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You want that, that fit to be there. And I'm sure Ferndale and North Farmington <laughs> and those guys what? are all saying, well, thanks right. a lot. Uh, but I'm kind of out of left field, but I'll just throw it out there. One ahead. of my best memories of high school football uh, as, a, as, a, as a fan was when I was 15 years old, uh, taking some of my buddies and going to watch Seaholm upset Brother Rice, who at that t- in the playoffs at that time Brother Rice was a nationally ranked team. Uh, I think they were a top 15 team in the country, and and Seaholm came out of nowhere, and they had been, they had to replace a quarterback who was headed to the Big Ten, Lloyd Abrams. Yeah, oh, Abramson who was in our was top 25. He was going to Northwestern. He had gotten hurt, and a sophomore. That the reason one of the reasons we went to that game is because me and my buddies knew this kid. We had played um, baseball, little league baseball, with him coming up. Billy Feldmeyer stepped in as a sophomore, led them to that victory, and then Billy Feldmeyer ended up going to play uh, college football at Buffalo before they were uh, a Division One program, or just when they were getting started to be a Division program but great memory out at Wisner Stadium in, in Pontiac nobody saw it coming yeah talking about 1993 yeah. pre-region was, class was, A 14-13 yeah, I, yeah, I was 15 years old and then, they, and then they went on to lose to Frazier 23 yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about the Lions? I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, all the struggles they had last year. This is a team, last year they couldn't figure out a way to win, and now they're finding a way to win. Every one of their games have been this much. You know, yeah. I think one-point game, you you talked about the three-point game. I think they had a 19-8 to win, but yeah. isn't that amazing in the span of a year? You go from a team that can't catch a break to finding, finding a way find to a way, win. Finding ways to win. Respect. Respect. And we talked about that, that South Lion team back in the KVC days, oh, yeah. you know, way back. They got the jugs. Yeah, and they were they they were 
not a perennial powerhouse, Mark but they were Mark all, Thomas yeah, Mark Thomas's yeah. teams. Yeah, but love that when they first made the split in South Lion and split off yeah, South Lion East, that, that and ruined it, it. It ruined it for both teams, it kind did. of, and it, it kind of helped out that that East was a team that kind of would bounce up and down A and B yeah. size wise. So they had chances every couple of years, yeah. and they actually had a them, decent football program. Back for but a it decade, set South Lion much. football back both for a while. Them, you know, yeah, 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 they just didn't have. They didn't even open up the high school. They made it a middle school because Parker they could. No, that's in Howell. That's oh, you're different. Right. That's yep. in Howell. You're yep. right. In the 90s, that's right. That's yeah. right. South same, same, is a same thing because they were expecting same that same thing. expansion. Same but you're right. And they were expecting them to be big A yes. and double A yes, high schools. Yes, they were because of the way the economy parlance. was. And then but it, it plateaued. Yes. Yeah. And so South Lion East just yeah. Which ended is up a being a beautiful school. Oh, it's, I mean, it's their, pristine. Their food court is like glass. And the weird thing was... South Beautiful. Lion High School isn't that old. I mean, right. it's it's yeah. it's yeah. a pr- in relatively the 90s, new. South Lion made it to to what the time made it to the Silverdome. Yeah, they yeah. played. I believe yep. it was the '95 uh, yep. state finals. Oh, I can, I can. I can and and that's they play. You know, I know. I know. Clarkston state uses finals. Yeah. Beat Lapeer West. Oh, they yeah. won. Twenty. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. they lost. No, they yeah. lost. You're right. Exactly. They, they lost. 20, yeah. 21, 24. Yeah. yeah. Um, but beat Harrison, beat Dearborn, yeah. and Pontiac I believe Central that team was led they by were Corey Sargent, who ended yeah. up being a punter at yep. Michigan. At Michigan. Yeah. Okay, yep. yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Well, and, and Clarkston Last uses point. that that the jungle, yeah. you know, for their field. Yes, that is. Well, so does South Lion, yeah, and that used jungle. to be a snake pit to yes. go into for anybody, even if it was a kind of a five and four type South Lion team. It was hard to win there, and that's where this game is, and that okay. made, you know, home field in these kind of games. Okay, real quick, because we're got to wrap this up. We're going to quickly do our predictions, and we don't need to sp- spend. Let's just pick our teams and get through it. So let's start right there. We'll work our way backwards. See home South Lion. Uh, this is an interesting one, as as you guys just all alluded to, uh, but I, I think I'm going to go with just the team that's playing the tougher competition right now, and that's South Lion. Go South Lion as well. South Lion, I'll go see home. Okay, so easy outlier. Rockford, Muskegon, Money Shores. Again, I am going to take Rockford at home because uh, they almost did it last week. Yeah. I believe that they can do it this week. I don't think, I, I can't remember the last time I saw Rockford team 1-3. and three. I'm not going to say anymore. I'm sincere in my convictions. Mona Shores. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, the Brewers and the Ballers are going yeah. to get this one. Mona right. Shores. Mona right. Shores. Okay. Traverse City West, Traverse City Central. Again, throw out the records, but this one's at TCC, meaning Central. I take Central. Central. Trojans taking the home team. All right. Dearborn Fortson at Livonia Churchill. Uh, Fortson, again, wanting to. Make hay, show that they belong. Uh, I believe that uh, they do. I'm going to go Fortson to win on the road. I'm L-Town for life, but I'm going Fortson. Oh. Tractors. I'm picking the upset. All right. Churchill, yeah. baby. Okay, and it may not be that much of an no. upset when we see how things play out at the end. Mm-hmm. Grand Blank, Flint, Carmen Ainsworth. Carmen Ainsworth really needing a win here. Uh, Grand Blank, again, uh, playing a lot of great competition this year. 3-1. and one. I'm taking Grand Blank on the road. I'm going to go with the Cavaliers at home. I'm going to go with Grand Blank. Cavs at home. All right. Split there. Holland West Ottawa and East Kentwood getting together 14 versus 16 in our top 25 rankings in the state. Uh, I am going to ride Van Dyke right now. I think that they've got the magic going uh, as they beat Magic last week, the quarterback, or I don't know if you pronounce it Magic or Magic or whatever his name is. Uh, but anyway, Ottawa to win uh, at East Kentwood. I'm going Road Dogs today. I don't fighting Oshnox. I'm with okay. you. I keep fighting away. I'm going to go Van Dyke at the buzzer. Okay. The Van Dyke Express <laughs> keeps right. coming down oh. that train tracks and right. just yeah. punishing anything. I'm sure in its East way. Kentwood can 
put the uh, audio clip on there right. and they're playing on a loop. Uh, Wall Lake Western and Waterford Mott. This one at Mott. You want to talk about hostile territory? Yeah. Mott is the place. And trust me, they're going to fire it up as much as they can. And, um, you know, we somebody will have to get into the locker room to hear uh, far speech before the game because it will be laced with profanity. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it will be very... Uh, Rah rah! Let's say that um, Wall Lake Western could really use this win to help them. Um, this is going to be a tough one. I am going to take Western on the road. Nice. Me too. Ooh. Me too. I'm going to take Mott. Yeah, I'm rolling with the Corsairs. Matty Castillo, their new quarterback, another guy that survived a really bad car mm-hmm. accident in the off season, um, is looking better every game. Yeah, he's going to get this dub. Yeah, Western is it's pronounced Gringnon. Grignan. Grignan. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, he is a great guy. and I Coming over from South Line. Coming, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And <laughs> was building it there. He knows what this means. This would really be huge. And again, uh, the chatter, I'm sure, has already started on, on social media. So, Oh, it, it, start, oh, it started five it days started ago. Well, and it yeah. got pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah, of course it does. That's why. I, <laughs> whatever, whatever. Okay. And it's been fact, Spencer Brown said, little brother on the clock. All right. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, Whitehall and Muskegon Ogridge. This is one of the games on State Championship. TV this week, the West Michigan Conference battle. Um, I'll take Muskegon Oakridge at home. Yeah, I'm going Oakridge. I'm going to take Oakridge uh, revenge for last year. Same. Okay. Cross the board. Lance Cruz and St. Clair Shores Lakeshore. This one they're going to talk about from decades to come. But uh, again, a cancer benefit game we're covering uh, on the show. I'm taking. I'm, I'm going my boy Pop at, yeah, at home pop, all day. The Pop Pink. The Pop Pig Skinners going to get this. Uh, okay. Job. Okay. I can't even say that. Yeah. I'm going to go Lakeshore, though. Yeah. Shorians. All right. Shorians in it. Uh, Anchor Bay and Chippewa Valley. I think we all can unanimously say yeah, we feel CB. Chippewa Valley is yeah. one of the best team in the state. Uh, Brother Rice and Warren DeLaSalle, our final one. Uh, Warriors going into Wayne State. Uh, would love nothing more with the Warriors do and then run off that field, um, especially considering what they have to play coming up ahead. Um, and we talked all about the reasons why they're rallying for each other now. I can't go against number nine, Warren D. LaSalle, at home, so I'm going to take the Pilots in a nail-biter, like a tough, like they might have to hold on at the end, maybe get a pick or something, to, to uh, but that's what I'm going to. Snobby Broadcaster who's broadcasting the game will not be selected, so you're up now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I don't blame you for doing that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with Brother Ice. Yeah, yeah. I'm going with Brother Rice, okay. too. I think this is going to be a special season that uh, is going to be one, you know, in the annals, one to really remember in a oh, wow. pretty storied lineage of uh, a Brother Rice football team. I'll take Sean's pick. Uh, okay. I'll go deal us out. I'll pick deal us out for Sean. All right, so Kevin, the <laughs> Catholic <laughs> Central <laughs> grad. Yeah, the fact that yeah, yeah, he's a Catholic yeah, Central yeah. guy. And, but he likes Biggest robbery in the state. He knows yeah. what's up. Rice. He knows what's up. And, uh, yeah, so... All right, so we'll see how that plays out. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're not going to talk too long, but we're going to talk about our Hungry Howie's Mr. Football race as we have a new entrant, and we've already kind of talked about him before. Uh, That's going in, so uh, we'll talk about that next. Stay with us. My passion is architecture. I don't want to sit around passively studying. I need to create. In our architecture studios at Lawrence Tech, we collaborate with students, faculty, and professionals from around the world. And from day one, we design using the same industry standard software that architecture firms use. I really feel like I'm designing my own future here. Lawrence Tech, possible is everything.
Today we'd like to talk about the MHSAA's new transfer regulation. It's not unusual for a student athlete to play a fall sport at their neighborhood school, then hop in the car after the season is over, and without moving, switch to a new school and be eligible the next fall. Beginning in the fall of 2018, students transferring schools that way will be ineligible for that sport in the fall of 2019. In other words, the next season in that sport. However, the student will be eligible in any other sport at the new school. And if a student meets one of the 15 exceptions in the MHSAA handbook, they could be eligible without delay in that sport at the new school. The rule is designed to slow down the athletically motivated transfers of students and disrupt the pipelines of kids following coaches who change schools or following teammates from non-school sports teams to a single school. For more information on eligibility or the transfer regulation, visit our website, mhsaa.com. You ready, Darius? Let's do it. Anybody want an autograph? Autograph? We're here for the stuffed crust pizza. Stuffed crust pizza? Hey, who do you think you are? In in the line, pal. Flavor fanatics love stuffing their faces with our stuffed flavored crust. Get one for only $2 more on any large original round pizza. Hungry? Howie's! Welcome back to the Football Forecast. Our second segment, Alan True will be coming up talking about uh, a lot of recruits that uh, and stuff that's happening right now within uh, the recruiting world. So you can look forward to that. Alan True, of course, of 24-7 Sports. We are going to talk about the Hungry Owies Mr. Football race. And this has been a very fluid race from the beginning. We have had guys pretty much dip out every week. We are adding another to our top ten. Uh, Tate Halleck is falling to our watch list, the fine all-everything at Forest Hill Central, but they've had a little bit of struggles. And, uh, you know, again, the team they just lost to is really the team that is really making waves. And Isaac Van Dyke, the quarterback from Holland West Ottawa, is led them to a 3-0 start. They are a real power now, I would say, in Division One, the one kind of west side power out there that Rockford maybe once used to be for, at the Division mm-hmm. One level. Um and he's moving into our top ten. And you've been on this. You've been. I've been banging, the banging drum this for, drum. Yeah, yes. this is not new. He's responsible so far in three games for 15 touchdowns. If you Jeez. average five touchdowns a game, they get you noticed. Yeah. But yeah, three and zero start, and I think he scored five times on the ground against Forest Hill Central, and three three passing, three rushing, including the game winner against Rockford. And yeah, it's. Like you said, using that analogy of an ace, this is the guy whose hands you want the ball in when the game or the season is on the line. He's your Verlander. He's your Scherzer. You got me going on the baseball. (laughs) Pulled my string. But yeah, this is is the guy who, in, in, in that offense, that's the guy who has to be your best player, your best athlete, your best decision maker, all of those kind of things, because everything goes through him. And correct me if I'm wrong, guys, he's not getting a lot of great looks right now. You know, this is a guy that should be getting probably some say, more. I don't think he's getting really any looks. Yeah, right? this is this is a guy that should be getting some looks. You know, he's six foot, two hundred pounds, and as you said, I think when you put up those numbers, especially in the magnitude of games, people are going to start calling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he would he would fit right in the uh, Lawrence Tech. 
pro style. Uh, We're not biased or anything that they, that they want to run. So, uh, but yeah, his stock's going to rise. And and again, I'm sure that you know. I know you talked to his coach, mm-hmm. and you said he's giddy that that uh, Van Dyke is is being included in our list. And you know, I'm sure for his parents, and again for those who have dreams of playing at the next level, to put on your resume that you know. Regardless of where you go from here, you were a Mr. Football candidate, and uh, and he's deserved it. Well, and we were talking about it before the the show today. And if you drop out, you're not a bad player. No, but Mm-mm. this is reflective of the people who have played the yeah. very best so far the season. Yeah. And you have to say that of the entire state, he's one of the players who has made the most headlines, made yeah. the most waves so far. Yeah. You know. He could go dry and he could drop off the list. That happens. But right now, he's, as you said, we got to put him on the list or we would look silly if we did. Yeah, very much like the, uh, was it Linden or Fenton quarterback last year? Yeah. Who who is now at. at, Josh, uh, his dad played at Michigan. Yeah, and he is now at uh, Central Michigan in in the. uh, backfield or in the uh, secondary okay he's not a quarterback anymore and i uh, can't he put up a lot of a lot of but he had, he had to a be lot there, of yards regardless of being a, a, a huge recruit so yeah. um all right so our top 10 basically that's the only change we're making this week uh stevie Wendy walker as we alluded to uh the canton running back again 300 yards last week 300 yards a week before uh, we'll see how he'll probably continue to do Sarnata, that. Sarnata, Josh Sarnata. Thank you very much. Sorry, Pops. He was an LCU recruit as well, and yeah. I couldn't remember it. But, uh, uh, yeah. So um, he's still on our watch list with somebody really making a sincere dent is, is on our watch list who is right there on the cusp of getting in. So we have some guys in our top ten, and we're just going to have to really follow closely now and make sure that they're uh, – Holding their and the own. guy that I was beating the drum for, who got in, Austin Brown, yes, uh, just won his thirty sixth varsity game as a start, mm. as a starter last, last, yeah, last week. So he deserves to be. He knows how to win under center. That. Yep, Sam Johnson is our leading vote getter with over five thousand votes right now, uh, and that was as of uh, Wednesday at the taping of this. So you stay in the race. When you are the uh, leading vote getter, you are in. And uh, Jaron Mangum is our second leading vote getter right now, uh, the fine running back at a Cast Tech. But uh, second doesn't keep you in. So uh, you know, it's kind of interesting now. Cast Tech's not going to play anybody. So uh, we had a whole debate on extra point about that, which you can check out. Um, but uh, it's 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 I'm not going to pull him for that result. But there's a lot of other guys here who who uh, need to continue to make noise, and uh, you can follow that. You can also let us know who you would like, uh, who you think is playing well enough that they should be on the list. Talk to us on Twitter or on Facebook, uh, and definitely you can uh, email us at our contact page at statechampsnetwork.com. Go to statechampsnetwork.com. Matt Mowry's putting up a lot of content now. Uh, we've got our top 50 soccer players up there, uh, despite the <laughs> little correct soccer teams, not players. players. Still Soccer yep. teams, yeah. Players are coming. Yep. Uh, that Dan Stickred has done, and uh, Bernstein's got all his his bites and blogs and all that stuff. Plus, they have their little video blogs that we have going on. Volleyball coming. Volleyball coming. Yep. So, going to get that done soon. Yes. So get there, check it out. Lots of stuff going on, and we are going to take one more break and come back with Alan True right after this. I want to be a dermatologist, and though a lot of universities tried to recruit me for basketball, Lawrence Tech had the science curriculum that I wanted. LTU's Southfield campus is a great place to learn, and the classes are small enough that I don't have to wait for office hours to talk to my professors. They're usually right by my side, challenging me and guiding me toward a successful future. Lawrence Tech. Possible is everything. 
Fundraising should be fresh, flavorful, and simple. We have the perfect solution at Hungry Howie's, Dough Razor. Your team or school can sell paper pizza certificates that can be redeemed for one medium pizza at participating locations. Hungry Howie's makes it easy. It's just a little mini pizza box, but we make lots of money, lots of dough. Go to DoughRaiser.com to learn more and sign up. Your next fundraiser comes with flavored crust. Welcome to Hungry Howie's Dough Razor. All right, welcome back to the final segment for this edition of the Football Forecast. And each week on the program, we love to have Alan True from 24-7 Sports here to talk football recruiting with us. Of course, you can see Alan's segments on both our State Champs Michigan and Indiana programs. Here we get a chance to talk for a couple of more minutes. So uh, Alan sent me a list of uh, some guys that uh, have some stuff going on. So we're going to get right into it. Alan, first off, how you doing? Doing well. All right, good, good, good to see you. You're coming through loud and clear. We love that. Uh, the senior Carson Barnhart of Paw Paw, the Michigan Offensive Tackle Commit, he is one of our State Champs Anvil Award candidates. Uh, we want to try to get him some more votes. He's only got 10 right now. So uh, what's going on in news in his neck of the woods? Well, he's firmly committed to Michigan, but a lot of schools came after him before that. And I had a chance to see him play last Friday, which is why I wanted to bring him up this week. Yeah, um, a kid who got a lot of offers during the time when he was playing basketball. Schools had a chance to go see him run the floor, and he did that very well for a six foot four, two hundred and eighty two pound kid. I saw him play last week, and not only does he doesn't even play offensive line, he plays tight end. Uh, they split him out. They were throwing him slants. They threw him deep balls. You just don't see kids two hundred and eighty pounds that can do stuff like that. Of course, when he got to hit somebody, uh, he pancaked a few guys on some special teams blocks and things. So, a kid that you know, you see Jalen Mayfield got his. A little bit of playing to first playing time with Michigan last Saturday. I think Carson has a chance to come in and do the same thing. He reminds me of Jalen last year, athletic, and uh, has that little bit of nasty streak to him. Yeah, I did a double take on my Twitter when I saw Alan tweet that out that they were splitting uh, splitting Barnhart out wide and th- you know using him like that hybrid tight end wide receiver. Just shows what a tremendous athlete he is and yeah. how much faith the Paul Paul coaching staff has in him. Yeah. Go ahead and pull that mic in there, closer on in there. If there and I think anybody that's watching Michigan play right now will uh, welcome the help on the offensive line. So I think he's got a chance to, to step in there and possibly help him out next year. Yeah, and we're seeing that a little bit right now with uh, at Belleville with their big guy, uh, Tyrese, mm-hmm. that uh, going out catching some balls, being very athletic, and, you know, just... Tyrese uh, Woods. Yeah, Tyrese Woods. I think we're seeing more and more now uh, these... I don't know. It's just something about the athleticism of these guys. It's off the charts. It's the era of the hybrid. Well, we talked on Twitter. It is. About- I, I think you guys, uh, you guys asked me last week about got kids playing multiple sports, big guys, yeah. multiple positions, same thing. If you're an offensive line prospect, but you can play tight end or you can play defensive end or linebacker or any of those, I think it helps you. All right. Well, let's keep it with uh, the big guys. The uh, junior Josh Preby of Edwardsburg, he's currently uh, uncommitted offensive lineman. Yeah, so uh, when I went and saw Carson play, I picked that game because he played against Josh, and it's one of the few games during the year where Carson sees somebody that is of his size and ability level. Josh is six foot five, about 265, 270 pounds right now. They play in a wing tee, so it's a lot of straight-ahead drive blocking, and he does that very, very well. But when they asked him to do some pass setting over the summer at some camps, he did that, um, showed he could do it, and that's when he picked up his first couple offers. He has Toledo and Central Michigan. 
uh, Michigan State is very interested in Notre Dame, which is closer to Edwardsburg than any of the in-state schools are. They've, they've invited him down this weekend, so he's going to visit Notre Dame. Uh, in my estimation, after seeing him play and go head-to-head with Carson, I think he has a, a good chance to end up as a Power 5 guy. And these guys usually end up choosing their junior year. They don't want to go into a senior year without a thing. So uh, do you have any insight on maybe who's got the upper track right now? Well, I think uh, he's only got those two offers, but right. it's going to be if he got the offers he wanted, Michigan State and Notre Dame would be high on the list. Michigan's reached out to him as well. Um, obviously, with Notre Dame being so close, if that offer were to come through, I think they would be very, very tough to beat. Edwardsburg, I think, is a pretty heavy Notre Dame kind of area, although I don't know if Josh grew up rooting for them at all. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's all about the dream school. There's no question. All right. Well, let's get to uh, two more guys and a couple of skill positions uh, making some uh, waves in the recruiting world. Yeah, Orchard Lake St. Mary's, uh, Anthony Anachuku, uh, 2020 kid, picked up his first offer. Oh, bless you. Bless you, by the way. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, he played some quarterback. He's playing receiver this year. They're throwing it up to him. I saw his highlight from earlier this year, making one-handed catches. He's playing some linebacker. Very versatile guy, six foot two, 195 pounds. Is going to have a chance to play any number of positions in college. Sounds like wide receiver is the most likely right now. So Central's in first with the offer. Michigan State, Michigan, those schools have been interested. He's been visiting Michigan for the better part of the last two years. Um, obviously, they know St. Mary's well with the Ross brothers and such, so they've, they've been up there, and there's a couple other schools tracking him as well, but a lot of size and athleticism. He's a two-sport guy, too. We were just talking about Carson Barnhart. He start, uh, Anthony starts on the Orchard Lake St. Mary's basketball team. Yeah, and he did that as a sophomore, so another guy with that multi-sport background and, and some versatility. We've seen some guys come out recently where schools say, we don't really know what they're going to play. We just know that we want them on our team. Ben Van Summeren was one of those guys last year. I think Anthony kind of fits that mold of maybe they'll just get him on campus and figure it out from there. All right. And how about uh, Joshua Fusco? Yeah, from my alma mater. Of oh. East. He's been a guy they've been talking about a lot the last couple of years. Maybe oh, gets overshadowed a little bit sometimes because they have Adam Burghorst there and Boone Bonama who are B1 guys. But Josh recently had a chance to pick up a couple of Division One offers. Uh, or sorry, not Division One offers, scholarship offers. Uh, he got some GLIAC offers, has some D3 schools looking at him. I think there's a chance that they'll keep coming in, maybe the FCS level, and, and keep moving up from there. But he's a kid that they speak really highly of over there. Always in the weight room, plays really tough, could play safety at the next level too. I think it was Saginaw Valley State that uh, jumped in with an offer. So keep an eye out on that name as a, as a kid that gets some more in-state offers too. Great stuff, as always. Thank you for your time. Alan, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Make sure you follow Alan on Twitter. Thanks, buddy. Sounds great, guys. Thanks, as always. Thanks, AT. All right, guys, so that's it for this week's edition of the Football Forecast. Big weekend of football uh, going on this weekend. Get out there and enjoy it. The weather's going to be beautiful. No hurricanes hitting the uh, coast of Michigan, so uh, we are good to go. And, uh, again, if you see uh, any of us at at the game, you know, he's going to be at Delis Al. Where are you going to be? 
uh, I will be at Clarkston Adams. Okay, where will you be? I'm not sure yet. All right. I'll figure it out. So, you know, Matt sometimes will run a Twitter poll. So yeah, I, I say, have. hey, where do you want me to go? <laughs> and, uh, you know, if he likes the answer, he'll go there. Right. So uh, I'll see you... myself some Rocco Spindler. Okay, yeah. well, there you go. We'll be at uh, the State Champs Crew. You know, there's a big cancer benefit game going on out at St. Clair Shores Lakeshore High School. So we're going to be there for uh, Lance Cruz and Lakeshore as those guys get together and uh, uh, raise some money and do some good. So that's where State Champs will be. So if you see us, say hi. Otherwise, extra point on Monday. Have a great weekend.